1: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God.
0: And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the
1: redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh, and this is our daily Doctrine Devotional and We're kicking off the week that's going to begin the fall season. What a blessing it is to see the cooler weather. Of course, we've had rain over the weekend, kind of ruined a few plans, nothing too major there at the church, um, but we certainly thank the Lord for the rain, thank the Lord for the coming fall. I'm glad I live in a place with four seasons, four legitimate seasons. Uh, we have about the same length of summer as we do winter, usually have about two really tremendous months as far as weather goes from now to mid-October. Here in Pennsylvania, it be beautiful weather. We also have that April and May. and So we certainly appreciate. We thank the Lord for that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Uh, We've had someone reach out to us about putting us on the radio, and we certainly look forward to that. If we do that, we'll probably have to change the structure just a little bit. Um, I will probably have less guests on here, but at the same time, I'm also going to have to limit it to probably 13 and a half minutes. And so we will just see what comes of that. We certainly appreciate that opportunity. We're going to be back in Matthew 7 in just a moment. We had a good weekend at the House of God. Uh, we thank the Lord for the meetings we had last week in Harrisburg, Second Chance Bible Church. And Friday night it seemed like it was a real stirring and probably one of the bigger stirrings I've seen in that church in a long time. We thank the Lord for that. And then Stephen Asquith was with us on Saturday preaching on the back porch. Over 40 folks showed up to hear Brother Stephen preach. And we certainly thank the Lord for the Word of God going forth. Thank the Lord for those that attended. And we hope it was a help to them. This Friday, we'll be traveling. We'll be heading up to the state of Maine once again. We'll be at the Cornerstone Bible Baptist Church there in Stockton Springs, Maine, all day on Sunday, and then Monday through Wednesday, 7 o'clock each night. Looking forward to that. Hope you're able to be with us. Matthew chapter 7, he said, Judge not that ye be not judged. And now this is an instruction he gives clearly to his disciples again, and I'm not going to explain this away. I'm not going to dispensationalize this. I say this is just for his disciples And he tells why you should not judge, though, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And therefore, that's the purpose of judgment. If you're going to judge in these things, you're going to be judged. Now, he's speaking of the law of God. No doubt, I believe he's speaking of God's law because we will all be judged by the law of God. But yet Jesus Christ is here on earth. He is speaking to them because he is going to fulfill that same law. And their judgment is askew. Part of judgment is looking at the facts, opinions ideals, you know, law, there's many factors that go into judgment. And so if you do judge, and he tells you about judgment, one of the great uh, calamities of modern religion, and then folks that are loosely associated with modern religion, is they say, well, you know, the Bible says, thou shalt not judge. And that sounds good, but we all know that that's not what the Bible says. In fact, when it says here that judge not, that you be not judged, there's other places that seem to contradict this. But I believe what he's saying here is you're not going to judge according to the weight matters of the law. I am going to judge those things. Yet we also have understanding from the word of God. The apostle Paul gave us several places where he spoke of judgment. One of those in first Corinthians chapter six. And it's interesting. He says, dare any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust or before the saints. He asks us that. Do we go to law before the unjust? Are we take this to court, modern day terminology. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more are things that pertain to this life? So we see there's a couple aspects here to this judgment. We realize there's judgments of the law. There's judgments that are really condemning. You and I can make judgments of people, but ultimately, it's God's judgments. It's either going to find them innocent in Christ, find them redeemed in Christ, or find them guilty by the law of God. Ultimately, it's Christ's decision. You and I make decisions based on factors that we see, uh, based on observation, based on opinions, based by historical data. And according to really what it boils down to is the matters of the flesh. And I believe that's what Jesus Christ is speaking to them of. When he says, judge not that ye be not judged, what he's saying there is, I believe that you're not going to take these matters of law into your hands because there are things that you do not know, lest ye also be judged in the same manner. For he told you then, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. Over in the book of John in chapter 7, I'll start in verse 22. He said, Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers and you on the Sabbath, they circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Now that's Jesus Christ telling us we need to judge righteous judgment. So it's not just according to the appearance, not according to the flesh. That's where we fail. We judge according to the flesh. That's David's brothers when he went down uh, to the, the valley. There, where uh, Goliath has withstood Israel, and his brothers accused him, said, "You just come to see the battle, young man. That's all you're down here for." They did not could discern that it was of God. David was not there, except that God had sent him, and God had said it because he was going to slay Goliath, because God was going to raise him up to be king in Israel, and they could not see that. They did not understand that. So they judged unrighteous judgment. They judged according to the flesh. And that's where you and I get in trouble. We judge according to the flesh. We look at the matters of flesh, not the matters of grace, not the matters of the law, but we look at according to the flesh. Now, Romans chapter 2 and verse 1 Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. There's the problem. That's why judgment is given to Jesus Christ. If we judge by the law, we'll stand account of the law. And if we judge according to law, you and I also, we do the same things in violation of the law. So who are we to judge these matters? But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. So if that judgment's given to him, then we ought not to judge. There are things that you and I are unworthy to judge. There are things that we don't have the ability, yet we are going to judge angels we can judge the weightier matters of the law. We can judge the things that we see. Why? Because God has given us that power to judge those things. But when it comes to the condemnation, when it also comes to redemption, you and I are not the judge. I know by their fruits you shall know them. And you can see in folks, there is fruit that is not unto salvation. But I've had to look back at my young Christian life, and I think, my goodness, there are people that probably certainly thought I wasn't saved. Question? Whether or not I was saved, judging unrighteous judgment, and the reason for that is because they were looking at the flesh. They could not see the spiritual. They could not see the agony uh, of the nights I spent in prayer and weeping and confessing before God because of my foolishness and, and my carnality and the wickedness that was still within my heart that would come out time to time. And yet they would judge that and say, "And well, you know, Tim McVeigh must not be saved. Therefore, I've learned that it's not my role, my responsibility. But when folks get up and give testimony, and the testimony does not include Jesus Christ, then that's a matter we can righteously judge. When they get up there and they talk about everything but the saving grace of God, or they give a testimony how God saved them, and they don't tell you how God saved them, or they give a testimony, "I want to thank God for salvation," but they have no clue when that was or where that was. Those are their words that you can judge them by. And therefore you take those and you do certainly, you know, listen, I would be gracious to folks. I would give folks grace. I would be merciful because we learned just the other week that God honors the merciful and you want to obtain mercy. You're going to have to be merciful. But my friend, there are folks that tell on them themselves, they'll get up and testify and they'll tell you basically they've never been born of God you know, just always been a good person. I've always done this, or I kind of transformed into something different. I slowly evolved into what I am today. And there's never been a new birth. There's never been a time of repentance. There's never been a place where they've come in contact with God that is contrary to scripture. And I believe we can judge those things, but we judge them righteously. But Jesus Christ is telling his disciples here not to judge. And this is what he's speaking of again. In verse three of Romans two, and thinkest thou this, O man, "...that judges them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God." What things is he speaking of? Joel chapter 1. In verse 29, unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covetous breakers." without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. That's the works that he speaks of. And if they do those things and you try to judge those things and do us those things, do you not realize that you're not going to escape the judgment of God? You're a murderer, a thief, covetous, a liar. And you say, well, what does that have to do with any of those things you just spoke of? Well, he specifically mentions murder, Debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful. But then he said this proud boasters, inventor of evil things. I've known people who've invented evil things. They were evil people, Uh, perverse men, and they invented evil things. Why? Because they conjured these things up in their thinking of their heart. And therefore, he says, if you are going to judge them for those things, if you're guilty of the same, don't you not realize you're going to be judged of the same? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And then he said in verse 5, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So again, the instruction of judgment, the danger of judgment. It's given to us, yet there's very few that can handle it God's way. There's very few. I'm not saying I have the ability to handle it God's way. You realize when Solomon judged those two women who were wicked women, and one laid on her son the night, and he died, and one son lived, and she stole her son, they brought that matter before Solomon. Solomon judged righteously, but Solomon judged according to the law. And what is that law? That law of Romans chapter one, without natural affection. He judged that. Why? He himself had natural affection. He could judge it righteously. He saw a woman that did not care at all for that child. And the woman that did care for that child was willing to give that child up to the other woman so the child could live because she had a natural affection. He judged it according to the matters of the law. And that's where you and I fall into this. If we're going to be guilty of that, how can we judge others? We're not going to uh, clean up our lives and clean up our, life. how are we going to be guilty of these things? With what judgment you judge, verse 2 of Matthew 7, you shall be judged. And what measure do you meet it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. And I know people that just pick you apart about little matters of the law, little matters of their law, little matters of religious law. And One of those damning things that people judge by is the law of religion. The idea that we are conformists, the idea that we have to obey a strict rule of standard and conduct that yet necessarily is not God's rule. I spoke of that recently on the podcast when they lord over the flock of God. And they come into my home and try to lord over my home and I'm not going to have it. And I'm not a rebel in those things. But no man has the ability to lord over my home. Yet the Holy Ghost, the witness of God within me, can keep me in line and keep my home right and give me a level of conduct, a manner of conduct. But yet I go out there and I see my brother and I see that little teeny tiny moat in his eye. And I'm going to judge him because that little flaw, that little fault, that thing that, and usually it's just a, a fault of the flesh. Sometimes it's a flaw in character, which is a fault of the flesh. Sometimes it's something it could be grievous, it could be some large thing, but usually it's just little nitpicky things that folks get all spun up about, get all up in arms about, and then they cannot see the beam in their own eye. And there they are so quick to criticize, but they got an acidic tongue. And there they are tearing down others, but their tongue has tore down many. And there they are judging a man according to that little tiny speck in his eye, that little dot in his eye, but yet they judge so much more than that. They judge not the speck in his eye. They judge the clothing, the appearance, the attitude, their children, their home, their conduct. They judge everything. And it's not God's judgment that they judge by. They judge by their own personal opinions. They judge by their own personal boastings. They judge by their own ideals and their own level of life. And that's the measure that they judge by, not the word of God. And you're in danger of hellfire if that's where your judgment is. And that's why he told them to judge not. In verse 4, oh, how would thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat out of thine eye? And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Hey, I'm going to help you with your faults. I'm going to help you with these flaws, help you with these transgressions. But you don't look at this thing in my eye. Don't look at this beam sticking out of my eye. I know you just got that little speck. Don't look at this major flaw I got. I mean, I I don't like your personality, but don't look at my personality, the hypocrite, the liar, the fraud, the phony, the fake. That's what they do. Thou hypocrite, he tells you that in verse 5. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And by the way, then you can judge righteously. You get to the place where your underarms quit stinking. You might actually be able to help somebody else with their underarm stench. The problem is we think we don't stink. We don't check our own breath before we criticize others. And we don't check our own stench before we criticize others. You hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And then thou shalt see more clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. So if you want to judge righteously, how are you going to do that? You're going to clean up. You're going to get the filth out of your life. You're going to obey God's law. But you know, most important, if you're going to judge righteously, first of all, you must be born again. You have to have the new birth. You must be born of God. You have to have the witness. You can't judge without that witness of God. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost can help you with that discernment. And if you've not been born of God, you have no spiritual discernment. All you have is a fleshly discernment. The spirit of man has that. Every man has the spirit of man within that candle of the Lord, searching the inward parts of the belly. He can discern the things of a man. He understands the things of a man, but he cannot understand the things of God. Therefore, what do the folks judge by? They judge by the things of a man. They judge by the measure of a man, the cleanliness, his attitude, his speech. And they can sit there and pick apart his flaws, but it's not righteous judgment. So get the beam out of your own eye. Some of you just need to be saved. Some of you just do a good, good thing for you to just go ahead and get born of God. And then God can begin to give you discernment to judge righteously. Have a great day. Lord, we'll be back on here tomorrow.
0: There is a lost soul who is tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have
1: been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all night. nigh.